0: success in the new retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. And this is the Success in the New Retirement podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. My name is Mark Owens, and it's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors. All the information, you can find it at successinthenewretirement.com. We've been talking a lot about the year-end financial planning to-do list, and Baird's Tim Steffen told Morningstar that maybe our approach should not just focus on the final months of the year, but beyond that as well. Tax planning in general should always be done with a view towards multiple years. It's not just about what you do this year, because really anything you do this year is something you may not be able to do next year. Or if you miss the window to do it this year, you can do it next year. So uh, rather than just thinking about what are the things I have to rush through at the end of this year, think about how your situation may be changing from one year to the next. So do you agree with Tim Stefan there that, you know, where should clients be now as they try to finish up their year in list? Or should we be thinking more progressively forward?
1: Well, it's both. And uh, I'll give an example. So I've got a client that just put in his retirement notice to his employer, uh, December thirty-first. He's done. Uh, he's sixty years old, so he's retiring early, and he's loving it and looking forward to it. But he called me up and he said, "Hey, you know, I've got this account and and repositioning a bunch of his accounts, and he has this account that has long-term capital gains that he has about thirty-five thousand dollars in long-term capital gains. And when we originally talked." You know, we were looking at this whole thing and we said, look, you know what, before we sell some of these things and recognize these capital gains, it might make sense for us to wait to do that in 2022, because that's when your income will be back to zero. You won't have your paycheck. Maybe we could use some of that money to fund your income needs in retirement initially, and we'll do it at a very low tax rate. So he's on board with it. He's like, great. I love the idea. Let's do it. Well, he called me back uh, this week and he said, hey, I've been looking at some of my health care plans. And I, again, because I'm 60 years old, I've got to have health care for next two years or next five years before I go on to Medicare. But I was looking at it that I've got to show certain income levels or I'll pay a substantial amount more money for my health care. And so he said, what do we What do we do with these capital gains? Maybe we should do that this year instead so that my income's lower in 2022 so my health care premiums are lower. And so we're in the process right now of evaluating that. But that's a perfect example of kind of looking at their tax situation, your income, and how that impacts either your Medicare or your, your health care premium insurance or whatever it might be. We need to look at all of that to figure out how do we keep more of your money. So in this particular situation, we might end up selling some of his stuff this year, recognize capital gains this year, and pay some tax on it. Because it actually saves him more next year and the following years on what he would pay in his health care premium. At the end of the day, it matters what goes back into his pocket. But that's a more comprehensive look at how we're looking at taxes, income, all your expenses, and trying to create a plan that's efficient in all of those areas. Now, if he wasn't paying attention to that, if I hadn't talked to him about these different tax situations and things that were happening, what would happen? Well, next year, we'd sell those capital gains. He'd then get a letter saying, oh, man, your health care premiums are going to this level. And there'd be nothing he could do about it at that point. And, you know, it's, it would have been a mistake. It would have been uh, something that would have actually taken more money out of his pocket. So so how do we figure out that stuff? Well, it's by being proactive. It's looking at what you can do now, how that's going to impact things in the future, what your tax rate potentially would be in the future, what income you're going to have to show in the future, when do you take different things, when do you show income on your tax return, when do you postpone it those are all questions that you should be asking now and in the future because it's going to matter as tax rates go up, it's going to be matter it's going to matter even more. It's critical that people are paying attention to their taxes and if and I, it's, it's shocking to me how many people come into my office that called in from the radio, came into one of our workshops, got a referral from us, and their financial advisor doesn't talk to them about their taxes and what they could be doing to be more efficient right now. Why don't they?
0: Why, why don't more people I, put I that at the know. top of the list?
1: I don't know. It's like the advisor is just like, well, I'm, I'm over here. I'm in charge of just managing your money. And they don't care about the rest. Well, I could go get a client a 10, 15, 20 percent return. But if Uncle Sam takes a good chunk of that, what does it matter? right? If I could have done it better, if I could have got that 15, 20% return, but then also done some tax planning so that they got to keep most of it, that's what matters to the client. And so I don't know why financial advisors don't look at the tax part of it because it is a critical piece that a lot of people are missing.
2: I would say that the, the likelihood and and from experience, it's because like Matt was saying, they're just looking at what money they're managing. And that's a big difference between what we do here at Acute Wealth Advisors is we're a comprehensive firm that is looking at the entire picture. We're looking at assets like Social Security or pensions, things that we're not managing that we don't make any money on, but we understand are an important part of the overall puzzle. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, You know, capital gains is something that has been a hot topic that they're looking at cha- raising the capital gains, which is something that, that I can't control, you can't control. But that is going that, that's out there. And if capital gains goes up. You know people that are sitting on rental homes or other assets that they're thinking they're gonna sell later if they pay 40% in capital gains versus 15% now that's a huge difference and so we're we're talking about those types of things with clients as we look at and we talk about you know you've got this property here you know and and rental property especially with real estate in the way it's been going recently I've had several clients that have had some rental properties that don't really produce as far as income you know producing 3% or less based on the equity they have in their home, it's not a great investment, but because of the increase in in housing and things, their, their property values have increased significantly. And so we're looking at that more like a stock and saying, wow, it's really appreciated. How do we capture those gains and how do we keep more of them in our pocket? Should you be looking at whether or not you should liquidate that property right now and pay the tax at a very low rate and then put that equity to work and capture it? So that's you know that's an, another example of conversations that we're having, and the answer depends on the person, yep. right? There's no specific right answer, but looking at it and understanding what are my options, so that you have options, so that you don't just you're not just caught like oh my gosh I got to pay this capital gains I wasn't expecting at you know whatever rate. Well,
1: I'll give another example again. Damon and I look at being an advisor, saying look how do we benefit our client the most, and there's going to be advice and direction that we're going to give related to social security taxes. That does not put more money in our pocket. It's not how our firm generates revenue, right? So we just sent out a letter to our clients this past week talking about the I-series bonds. They're the inflation series bonds that the U.S. government provides. Mm -hmm. They just announced a new rate of 7.12%. You can literally (laughs) go and put money with the U.S. government fully secured by the U.S. government that's paying 7.12%. So we sent out an email to them and said, hey, if you're not aware of this, if you have money sitting in cash, if you have money sitting in a CD or a savings account and you want to make 7% instead of nothing, Go follow this link and go and put some money into these I-Series bonds. And I had one client call me up and said, hey, Matt, can you help me do this and all this? And I said, hey, unfortunately, again, this isn't something that we can offer to you. It's not something that we charge a commission or you know make some sort of uh, sell by doing this. We just pass this information on follow that link and you'll you'll see how easy it is to go and invest some funds into that. And he was like, serious? Like,
2: like, you don't make I any mean, money off this. You
1: make, and I was like, no, again, we, this is just something we saw that we thought you would benefit from, so, so take advantage of it.
2: It is weird, yeah. though, that Matt's going golfing on him today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I owe you big time. Right? So,
1: no, but, but, so bottom line is we're trying to do that type of stuff for our clients because at the end of the day, if we can build your wealth and have you save more money and put more money back in your pocket, in whatever fashion it might be, that's what you're hiring us to be. That's why you're asking us to be a true fiduciary, a good financial advisor that's looking at everything as a whole. And if there's an opportunity, we're going to pass it on. Yeah. And it, the bottom line is that benefits our clients, which in turn you know, makes them happy and they're happy that we're on, on their team as we build out their financial plan.
0: It was announced earlier this week that 6.2%, that's what inflation surged to in October the biggest surge in more than 30 years. So, Damon, Matt, break that down for me. What does that mean, a 6.2% surge in inflation?
1: Well, basically it means we're paying a little over 6% more for stuff today than we did one year ago. So, again, inflation had spiked earlier this year. It kind of climbed up. It fell back down. And then we had just this spike here in October uh, when these numbers came out. And so people kind of say, okay, well, what does that mean? Number one, it means you're definitely paying more for stuff when you go to the grocery store, when you go buy stuff on Amazon, when you go to the car dealership, gas pump, all of that stuff is higher. The question is, is how long is it going to remain that way? Mm -hmm. And that's the big question. So you go and look at what the economists think. Most economists believe that it's actually going to go a little bit higher between now and, and the first quarter of next year. But then they expect it to start coming down as we get some of these supply chain issues under control. But it means that there's issues with getting goods and services to people and so that's happens by a lot of reasons that can be you have you know supply chain issues like you got a bunch of ships in the port we know that's an issue Mm -hmm. it could be that you know there's a labor shortage we know that's an issue it could be the fact that people are feeling really good about the amount of money they have and their income and they're spending more that is a fact too so uh, you know it's a combination of a lot of things And a lot of it gets into politics. A lot of it gets into just the state of our economy. A lot of it gets into how much stuff we, we import from other countries instead of manufacturing here in the United States, all of that goes into this. But bottom line, when it comes down to you and your retirement, it just is that wake up call to say, look, so let me give an example. I've got a client that works for the state of Arizona and they will have an ASRS pension well one thing about the srs pension is when it is underfunded which it currently is there are no pay raises no inflation increases when you turn on that income stream so for all those people that are out there listening that have a an asrs pension an arizona state pension Mm -hmm. they're not getting a pay raise next year even though things went up by five six percent this past year right and so that means their dollars what, what they had in their retirement accounts what what comes in in their paycheck each month is going to be less and so what we have tried to do with this client that has this pension is we're, we're talking to them about that. And we're saying, look, again, you're going to have this great pension and you're going to be ahead of the game. In a lot of cases, you're going to have pension. You're going to have Social Security. But what we know about those two things is they're not going to grow as fast as inflation is growing. So we need to have a plan for how we're going to supplement your income five years from now, 10 years from now. When a gallon of milk is no longer, you know, 250, it's you know, four bucks. When mm-hmm. a gallon of gas is no longer, you know, three dollars or four dollars, it's five dollars those are facts. You can go back through history and look at what things were, what prices were in the eighties and the nineties. And we pay more for goods and services today than we did then. So you need to make sure your money and your paycheck in retirement is growing as well again these numbers don't matter to a lot of people they kind of like what does that even mean you know i go to the gas pump i can see it okay i understand a little bit about that but i don't think we understand the long-term effects of inflation on our ability to spend in retirement and that needs to be planned it needs to be thought through inside of your retirement plan or you're going to end up having to reduce your spending in retirement you're going to have to reduce your standard of living the older you get and we don't want to do that most people want to be able to spoil the grandkids travel yeah. do the things they want to they don't want to be living on a super tight budget and having to cut back and and reduce spending because they didn't plan well
2: you know and mark the the assets in your portfolio or the resources that you have that are going to help you manage that inflation and and how things are going to cost more over a pretty long retirement span for most people are your investments right social Mm -hmm. security does have some cost of living adjustments and yes they're giving probably one of the the highest we've seen in in a number of years uh, at a 5.9 percent increase on social security but that's not normal right? You know, the average has been less than 2% over the last 10 years. Most pensions, as, as Matt was just describing, are not going to keep up with that. So where are you going to get the additional dollars as life goes on and things get more expensive? Well, that's going to be in your investments. And if you're letting your fear of inflation or the market going down, I mean, get in the way of you having a good plan on your investments, even on your safe money, Right? I don't know how many people I have talked to um, who come in, uh, whether it's through a college workshop that we did or an educational one at a library or even from the radio show that we do or from our podcast, and I ask them, well, how much do you guys have sitting in your bank or savings account? Um, or a CD or something like that. And, and literally there's a lot of money. Sometimes it's a hundred, 150, $200,000 that's been sitting there. And usually the question is, is okay. You know, what's the purpose of this? Is it temporary? And, and a lot of times it's, well, I'm just waiting. I have this fear, right? I have this fear that the markets are going to crash because they're so high or, and they're kind of an Eeyore type mentality of the sky is falling and everything stinks. But, in reality, they are, they are losing money. They're, they're losing purchasing power. And so having a good plan on, on your investments and, and understanding how that's going to fluctuate. Some of them that are going to have more risk and are, are designed for growth that you're not going to touch for a while. Yeah. Uh, your safer money that's at least earning three, four, or five percent so that your investments can make up the difference as time goes on uh, of those other assets that are not going to keep up with inflation.
0: Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions.